You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. On this episode, we are talking about digital inclusion in the time of coronavirus and a new report that explores the state of digital access and rural internet in Indiana. And joining me on this podcast to discuss that is the director of Purdue's Univers- Purdue University Center for Regional Development, uh, Roberto Giardo. Roberto, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you, man. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm excited. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to have you on and get to talk about this uh, interesting subject and report that's out there and uh, what you have found in, in, in researching this. Uh, before we jump into that, let's let our listeners and viewers get a chance to, to know a little bit about you. It just introduce yourself, your name, your title, your role at Purdue, and uh, just kind of how you got there. Sure. Um, um, my name is Roberto Gallardo. I moved here from Mississippi uh, three and a half years ago. Um, I am the director of the Purdue Center for Regional Development, and I'm also a Purdue Extension Specialist. Um, the, we, we, I, got, I got into professionally speaking into this topic just because I've worked a lot with uh, rural communities and rural regions uh, in Indiana and Mississippi and other states. Uh, as they kind of, you know, deploy uh, economic development strategy. So it became obvious that broadband infrastructure and its utilization is a key component of any strategy moving forward. That's awesome. Well, glad to have you on so we can highlight this uh, subject or issue, even if you will, uh, today. And let's kind of talk about, so people can understand, what is digital inclusion? Sure, that's a great question. So Digital inclusion typically means uh, uh, slightly different things to different people. Uh, to uh, the majority of folks, it means uh, that ensuring that every individual can participate fully in our digital economy and society, um, and that's and that is the case. However, we are branching it a little bit or expanding it to include also not only individuals but organizations and businesses and and industries and just really. From a community and economic development perspective, it refers to the meaningful use of, of internet, you know, to improve um, socioeconomic outcomes. So it's not necessarily, it, it is a social justice issue, uh, but it also is, I think, I believe that it is also a very important community and economic development strategy to consider. Gotcha. Very interesting. And what, and what brought your attention to this issue? Well, like, as I mentioned earlier, I've been working with rural communities for the past 15 years, and uh, I think it, it has become very, very clear, especially now during COVID, that if you're on the wrong side of the digital divide, it, you're going to have a harder time. And I truly believe that the post-COVID world is going to be even more digital than what it was before, you know, pre-COVID. So it's very important that we um, we educate and we work with rural communities and urban communities about digital inclusion and how it can be beyond a social equity or social justice issue, more of a community economic development. So in, in other words, it's really needed if you are to to be, you know, have a decent quality of life and be competitive. Yeah, and you kind of started already touching on it, but talk about what creates this digital divide and what determines who has access to reliable broadband and who doesn't. So yeah, the, the digital divide obviously consists of those of, of the divide between those that have access, can afford, and uh, the know-how to use. 
internet um, and those that do not. Um, typically, you can focus on three main areas. Uh, you have the connectivity issue, uh, you have the devices issue, and you have the skills issue, right, all around the, that digital framework. So typically, rural communities do not have the same level of access as urban communities to specific technologies or broadband connections, but then urban communities may have access but may not be able to afford them, right? And I'm not generalizing and saying it's only rural, it's only urban. It's really an issue of urban and rural and everybody, uh, but really what... Um, you are on the wrong side of the digital divide if obviously you don't have access to the technology, if you cannot afford it, or if you do not know how to use it. Yeah, and this is obviously probably even more uh, highlighted and a huge of an issue now, especially in the world of COVID we live in, and you know whether it's people working from home or more, maybe more importantly, uh, students learning from home. So talk about those, you know, the consequences or the effects of people who might not have the access to the internet or not, you know, a high quality internet. Correct. Yeah, you pointed out correctly that obviously as part of COVID mitigation strategies, you know, you have remote work and e-learning, uh, but then it became a, a quickly a reality that uh, not everybody has decent or adequate connectivity at home, uh, you know, for them to be able to participate in e-learning and remote work experiences. So that obviously affects the productivity, it affects the economic situation and it affects the quality of life. It really, uh, you know, places children behind through no fault of their own. Uh, and so that's a very big issue from a community and economic development perspective. Yeah. And now that we're almost a, a year into COVID here and we've obviously this issue has been drawn out because of the, you know, the situations we just mentioned, working from home and learning from home. Are you seeing improvements already in a year or is this going to be a really long-term uh, fix? What do you think? Yeah, so broad, the broadband issue has been around for a little bit, but obviously COVID kind of heightened it. I think Indiana, the state of Indiana has taken great steps towards addressing this. Uh, you know, Governor Holcomb announced a couple years ago the next level broadband program. They also, the Lieutenant Governor created an office of broadband as well. Uh, the gear grants during COVID, you know, targeting or to improve connectivity to uh, and devices to to students. So I think they are moving. We are moving the needle in that respect. It will take time, though, to truly uh, kind of address the divide in all aspects. As I explained, it's not only connectivity; it's also devices and skills. It'll take time, and it'll certainly take all hands on deck. But again, I'm I'm really happy with what the state has been doing thus far uh, to tackle this issue. Yeah. You mentioned it is kind of an issue both in rural and urban. Is is one worse than the other for any particular reason? So it depends who you ask, right? Uh, you you may have urban areas that may have access to adequate connectivity and affordability may be an issue. Uh, that's that's huge, uh, uh, or that's a significant portion. Not everything, but a significant portion in urban areas. In rural communities, you have a little bit of everything. Really, you may not have access to adequate connectivity. It may be too expensive, right? And so it's it's really kind of sprinkles all over the place. Uh, that's why, again, it's a very complex issue that really needs to take a a collaborative effort to address it. And what what could be those that will help fix, you know, like rural farmlands or whatever? Is that just a matter of getting that technology out there, or are there other more underlying issues as well? 
So, uh, for example, farm farmstead and, and, and agricultural fields, uh, they may not have adequate connectivity. So, yes, it, it requires getting them um, affordable and adequate connectivity, not only at the farmstead, but also in the field itself. That's that's important. And, and look, um, you know, at the end of the day is really rural network, rural broadband networks are could, can be very expensive just because of the low density and they're kind of more spread out. So that's why, again, it's going to have to it's going to require a lot of, of, of brains kind of thinking and how to really crack that nut. Yeah. Talk about that disparity uh, in those numbers between rural, urban and harder to reach places and, and why such a big disparity there. So, uh, you know, based on, uh, well, the first thing that I want to highlight based on the report that we got out there is that we really don't know. The data is not the best. Um, as I mentioned in the report, uh, you know, there's a source that says, oh, it's not too bad, right? And there's another source that says, yeah, it is bad. So that's the number one issue is we do not have accurate data, accurate and timely data to really truly understand it. What we do know based on the very limited uh, data sources that we have is that rural rural communities continue to lag urban communities in broadband adoption, um, not only in access, but adoption. There are multiple issues around that. And then again, urban communities tend to have more of an affordability issue where there's a higher, a higher share of, of homes making less than $35,000 without internet access in urban areas compared to say homes that make 75,000 or more. So there's an inequality, income inequality issue there as well. Yeah. What can we do to, uh, to improve that situation then for, for that, that disparity there? So I think the first step we've got to do is increase awareness, right? I think COVID has helped a lot with that. Uh, bring it to the forefront that this is an issue and it will continue to be an issue. I hope that with the COVID, post-COVID, this opportunity does not fade away, meaning from the awareness side. So we have to keep up our awareness efforts constantly. That's the first step. Uh, the second step is we have got to get better data, man. I mean, it's it's we have data, but it's not accurate. It's not complete. And it's really troublesome because in, in reality, many communities, maybe, you know, they, they are fumbling in the dark. They really don't know, you know, what the extent of the issue is. They hear from schools, they hear from parents, but there's no empirical systemical, um, systemic way to kind of gather that. So awareness, better data. And then third is obviously then start to move the needle in, in really kind of embedding this into either a social justice argument or a community economic development argument uh, where it can be, you know, folded into larger, larger efforts. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned the report. I will, before I forget, I want to say, I'll, you know, for people watching this online or listening to it, I'll put the uh, link to that report on our website. Uh, so people can uh, check that out for themselves as well. If they just want to kind of read more on that. Uh, Roberto, as we're kind of wrapping up here, anything else that I've, I haven't asked that you just kind of want to touch on? Uh, no, I think, thank you again for your interest in this topic and, 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 uh, uh, we, we, you know, Purdue University is here to help in any form or fashion that we can around this issue. It's a complex issue. And again, I think we have made progress at the state level, and that's phenomenal. There's a lot of work to be done, however, and, and I think that a coordinated effort will take us a long way. But I, I appreciate the time and the opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for just enlightening us on this on the subject and the, the issue at hand. And yeah, you said hopefully we continue to move forward and to see 
continued uh, improvement on, on this topic as well. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for your time, man. I appreciate it. It's nice to meet you. Yes, likewise. Bye-bye. All right, boiler up. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod. And you can always listen to, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.